0: Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is Wednesday, April 11th, 2018, and this is podcast number 273 of Guys Guys Radio. This is a place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. Let me ask you a question. Do you know what it's like to be a winner? Do you know what it's like to be a dating winner? Do you know what it's like to overcome adversity to get dates? Well, we have got JT Tan Tran is visiting us this evening with the ABCs of Attraction. He's dating coach JT Tran dubbed the Asian playboy and the world's greatest Asian pickup artist. And he's going to join Guys Guys Radio to discuss how his holistic pickup strategy is helping guys of all ethnic backgrounds meet, woo, date, and seduce women. And, it's in a positive way. I think we'll talk about, you know, the whole terms like pickup artist and stuff like that, because uh, if you review uh, the ABCs of attraction website and you read about JT, you'll see that it's really about empowerment and it's really about overcoming rejection. And it's really about making connections. It's not like, uh, you know, pickup is just a, it's a term. I'm going to let JT talk about that, but um, you know, the whole concept of pickup artists has gotten some uh, negative publicity over the past decade or so. uh, And particularly recently with the whole Me Too movement. Uh, And for what JT is doing is he's helping empower uh, Asian guys, uh, a lot of uh, minority guys. And also he coaches uh, Caucasian guys, 25% of his, uh, his, uh, clients are caucasian so he's got an interesting story to tell and he's been all over so we're going to get to him in a couple of minutes let me first just uh welcome you to the show as i mentioned guys guys radio is a place where men and women can be at their best everyone wins better men better world it all started with my novel the guys guys guide to love you can catch that on uh, amazon or some bookstores and you can get the physical copy or a digital copy. It's been called The Man's Successor to Sex in the City. We've been doing Guys, Guys Radio for the past four years. We're up to podcast number 273. You can catch me, Robert Manny. Uh, my syndicated blog is on my website, robertmanny.com. I'm also a regular on Goodman Project, Thought Catalog, Cupid's Pulse, Go Dates, and some other stuff. So I've got about 300 blog posts floating around there in cyberspace. So check it out. And I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Hit me up and I'd love to uh, connect with you. So hope everybody's well. Um, Here we are in New York City. Um, As I always talk about, we have such crazy weather here. So uh, the tide is turning. It's turning towards springtime and it's gone from, believe it or not, we were in like 30 degree weather And it's going to go up to 80 in two days. So that's the type of spring we're having here in New York City. And then it's going to get cool again. So you just never know. You want to put those winter clothes away and then you're like, oh, I'm going to need my hoodie. So let me keep that out. And uh, I'm going to need those gloves again. And it's just uh, it's just tricky. But we're getting there. And once spring, excuse me. Once spring explodes here in New York, there's no better place. It's really gorgeous. And people go crazy because they just have been cooped up all winter with the bad weather and the nor'easters and everything. And it's really a sight to behold. And then before you know it, bang, it's like 95 degrees here. Uh, So New York is always exciting for one reason or other. even the weather is exciting here. Uh, let's see what's going on. What else? Uh, mercury in retrograde. I don't know about you, but I've been having scheduled difficulties. JT was kind enough to move up his scheduled date and join us tonight. I had somebody else. Uh, we went from a quantum physicist, uh, quantum healer, rather, to JT. We also had a uh, cardiologist and quantum healer on Sunday. And so we really cover the waterfront here on Guys, Guys Radio: life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. We cover all subjects that are relevant to men and women. And we look at it through the guys, guys lens, where, um, it's all about, uh, you know, guys, guys are known for their, it's an updated version of a man's man. It's not a macho man's man. It's not the old school man's man. It's casual confidence. It's unassuming strength. It's seductive integrity. It's emotional intelligence. It's timeless style. And it's knowing how to have a good time. So I think, actually, I think our guest JT would approve of that. And, uh, So if you want to check more about the whole guys, guys movement, if you will, check out my website or catch me anywhere on social media Um, in kind of the guys, guys world, if you will. um, Sports world, we've got the it's interesting. I have seasoned jet tickets and it's it's just painful. I think this is going to be my last year. Uh, I've had them forever and I I can't even get myself excited to go to the games. And now they have the number number three draft pick. And I have my friends all crazy because they want this quarterback Baker Mayfield out of Oklahoma because he's exciting. He's a winner and he's accurate. And um, none of the pundits are saying the Jets are going to take him though. It looks like Josh Rosen would be the pick. Um, And then what do you do? Are you going to play him? Are you going to sit him on the bench? The Jets signed Josh McGowan, who's like 30, I don't know, late thirties uh, for another season. And then they also signed Teddy Bridgewater who was with Minnesota, but he had two knee surgeries. So he's on the comeback trail. So who do you play? Well, we'll see. I think if Mayfield did get drafted, he would fight his way into the starting lineup because the guy's a real competitor and uh, he's an exciting player. And actually I think that would be a good pick for the Jets because uh, they need some excitement. They need somebody who's going to go out there and uh, make some noise for them uh, because it's just been such a, sad franchise for so many years now we've also got the uh uh nba playoffs coming up in about uh i think there's like one game left for everybody so we'll see what happens there uh golden state has had been the prohibitive favorite and then uh stefan curry got hurt so we don't know what's going to happen there because they've been they have lost seven i they've lost t- Ten out of their last seventeen games. I think that's the uh, stat on that. And then you've got every time they count LeBron James out of it, then he he seems to, you know, dial it up. So and he's in the East, and the Celtics have injuries, so uh, the Cavs could it could be the Cavs and the the Dubs again, or it could be the Cavs against uh, Houston, who has the number one seed in the West. Uh, it's just going to be very interesting matchups this year. Uh, and there's a lot of other teams, too. But I think those three are the ones to keep our eyes on. The NHL is having their playoffs now. Uh, I actually, I don't know, about 20 years or so uh, or so ago, I just drew the line and said, I can't follow every sport all year round. And they're all overlapping. So I dropped hockey. So I have no idea what's going on, except I know that the New York Rangers kind of uh, trash their whole team and uh, they're not in the playoffs. So that's all. I don't even know who the best team is. I know the Penguins are always good in Pittsburgh, but I'm not sure who the favorite is this year, but that's starting up now. And then we've got major league baseball uh, where it's like week two now. So interesting. The Yankees are playing the Red Sox. I think they're playing again this evening. So they'll be battling all season long here in New York. um, It is in New York Yankees town, but the, the Mets, like it was interesting last year, the Yankees were ignored and it was supposed to be all Mets and the Yankees turned out to be the team that got to within one game of the world series and the Mets went nowhere. And then this year, the Yankees are touted as the big uh, the Goliath now, not the David anymore. And they're struggling and they have injuries And the Mets are, I think are like six and one, something like that. So we'll see what happens there. Elsewhere. We've got uh wow. You turn on the news. Every time I turn it on, it's like breaking news. And there's another thing with our, president uh, like him or loathe him it's exciting and uh wow it's just all over the place i i have a feeling with him that uh i can't believe this guy with his diet of you know fast food and all of that and his uh that he doesn't have high blood pressure or uh or uh is not a heart attack candidate i mean this guy's really he seems really fired up all the time so um we have to keep a close eye on him because I'm drained. And I think most of the people in America are drained, just keeping up with all the stuff going on there. Imagine what he's doing and he's a 71 year old guy. So we'll see what happens there. I'm not going to get into all the particulars, but we do have a kind of a hot button there in Syria. I mean, the whole, if you you see the news footage, it's like the whole place has been bombed out. If there was a chemical attack there, apparently there was who did it. Everybody's pointing fingers at each other you want to retaliate if you want to retaliate who do you bomb and where do you bomb and the whole place is bombed out anyhow and does bombing solve anything when you have people who are getting gassed so what do you do you bomb stuff so it's just war is an atrocity it's a terrible thing so hopefully we can send some love to the middle east and elsewhere and don't think it's corny love is the answer and universal consciousness is. everybody put their consciousness towards love the world would be a better place I guarantee you, because one, the power of one person's heart and one person's consciousness sending love out there is like affects like two hundred two thousand two hundred and fifty uh thousand people. You just keep sending it out there and it has a, an effect that just keeps going and going and going so uh consider that and do that now I, every week, I like to do what's called a I do the Guys Guys guide of the week or an anti guys guys uh, I do a guys guy of the week or an anti guys guy of the week and I also do a guys guys guide so I'm going to do my weekly today the anti guys guy of the week is going to be Tristan Thompson the uh, because I want to keep in the relationship theme tonight and Tristan Tristan Thompson is a He's a center on the uh, uh, Cavaliers, Cleveland Cavaliers, a teammate of LeBron James. He's mar- he's not married, but he's kind of the baby daddy for Khloe Kardashian, who for years apparently wanted to have a kid. She's pregnant and about to give birth. He was just caught outside some hotel with some Instagram model. And uh, before that, when he left uh, his last baby mama, who had the baby, and then he went off with Chloe Khlo- Kardashian, so he seems to have a pattern there of uh, getting women pregnant and then he- heading to the next one. And it's not a good example. It's not a good look, and uh, not good. So Tristan, come on, you're the anti guys guy of the week. Uh, let's 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 shape up your game, okay? Your basketball game's not that great either. So step it up. Don't be hurting these women and leaving these babies without a daddy. So that's our anti guys guy of the week. Um, After we speak with JT, then we're going to take a break and I'm going to do my guys guys guide of the week. And I'm going to do it about getting married. I got married late in life. I got married so late in life that people stopped asking me when I went home for Thanksgiving, when are you getting married? They just assumed that I never would. And I knew when I would. I knew when I would because I knew I had to make ruin my heart for somebody else. And as soon as I did that, I met the right person. We got married. We've been married for eight years. And we have a a young son. And um, I'm a happy family guy now. But I was happy dating. And I dated white and black and Asian and Latina and all kinds of women from all over the country and all over the world. And uh, I think that's the way it should be. And so I really uh, am excited about bringing out our guest, JT Tran. We're going to take a very, very quick break, and then we're going to bring out our special guest on Guys, Guys Radio, JT Tran. Okay, we're back. As I mentioned, uh, JT Tran is our guest. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He's got a website, ABC's uh, of Attraction. Um, he's the founder of the world renowned. Uh, ABCs of Attraction is one of the world's first and su- most successful indie, we'll call it, pickup companies. Known as the world's greatest Asian pickup artist, Tran is the creator of the revolutionary, holistic approach to pickup. And I'm going to put pickup in quotes, and we'll have JT talk about that a little bit. And has, he has transformed the lives of thousands of men with his groundbreaking products and programs. The leading authority on dating for minority men is considered to be the most hardcore and effective boot camp instructor in the business. So that's very cool. Since the launch of his career as a PUA pickup artist, he's reached many significant milestones, and he's secured his position as the leader in the PUA community. And he's got, uh, his site has had over 2 million visits. He's an author, producer of several eBooks, DVDs, CDs, other multimedia personal coaching resources. He also has provided thousands of hours of training and coached students in 20 cities in five continents. He's all over the world. I got to tell you. And he's an a interesting guy. If you check out his website and we'll talk about that, but uh, let's just bring him on the guys, guys radio right now. Good evening. JT. How are you? Welcome to guys, guys radio. Hey man. Pleasure being on. Thanks for having me. Cool. Um, let me uh, let's just start out with uh, tell us about um, let's see. What is the number one issue you work on solving for guys? What like what is what is the core issue that you're working on to help men? Well, because
1: my clientele are typically not always, but typically guys that look like me, being short, Asian, um, you know, at best average looking. A lot of the things that I work on with guys is or mental game, like the thought process that we have and all the the limiting beliefs that sometimes that we bring when we're trying to, like, socialize and flirt with a woman. You know, for the longest time, I thought women wouldn't like me because I'm short or women wouldn't like me because I'm Asian, right? And the battle is lost or won before it's even fought. If you're trying to approach an attractive woman and you're already thinking negative thoughts, that's shooting yourself in the foot. So yep. definitely one of the biggest things we, you know, I teach and help deconstruct are the limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves that hold us back.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, great answer. Um, let's talk a little bit about this whole thing. Cause I, as I went through all your materials and stuff, I'm like, wow, I really like what he's doing yet. You use the term pickup artist and playboy a lot. And I think in 2018, those are, um, pol- let's call it polarizing terms and that some people are going to say, Oh man, that's like, that's not happening now, and some women will say, oh, Playboy, pickup artist, what are we being picked up? And I know that's really kind of not where you're coming from in terms of – because they sound like it could be objectification. You're really about mm-hmm. empowerment. So talk talk a little bit about that, JT.
1: Well, that's you're absolutely correct. There is a, a stigma associated with these terms, but one of the things that when I'm teaching my predominantly Asian students is a lot of the classic pickup strategies – simply don't work for Asian guys right it, when you have two-thirds of Asian American men like English is their second language, a lot mm-hmm. of like the things that you might have read about pickup artists or seen on a TV show or whatever right, right. they simply don't work for Asian guys right? right. But as a, as a business, you know people understand kind of what pickup is about or what it's supposed to be about. And Mm -hmm. even though I'm teaching these guys essentially how to communicate beyond just words, but communicating with their body language and, uh, you know, non-physical kind of confidence and projecting that, it's, you know, people understand that, hey, there are some actual strategies that can work as opposed to, you know, some dating advice out there that is so abstract and metaphysical that it's not going to help. A, you know, Asian man that moved here when he was like 12 years old and doesn't quite understand the lay of the land when it comes to Western dating. So there's a a marriage, you know, maybe an uncomfortable marriage, but where I have to teach very um, effective, you know, practical techniques, but at the same time address certain cultural differences that Asian men okay. uniquely
0: face. Let's talk about that a little bit because um, as a guy, I uh, have having, when I was single, I dated all different types of women. And once I started dating Asian women, I'm like, wow, they're really nice and really smart and really, what the thing I really liked was when I started dating Asian women, I didn't date around. They didn't date around. Mm-hmm. Like we would go out and it would be like, oh, let's see if it works. Their attitude was, well, why are you seeing, why are you still on match.com or whatever at the time? going back 10 years and I'm like um, well I thought you know we we're single and all that and I, and the woman would invariably not be seeing other guys she'd be like let's see if this works and I thought that was very cool and I, there is some cultural differences in that in terms of not just uh, Asian to kind of Caucasian but also uh, the different talk to us about that and also the differences between you know when you talk Asian it's a wide net and there's a difference between a Filipino and a Korean and a Japanese woman uh, or guy. Uh, and so, and Chinese, of course, uh, talk, and there's different Chinese and somebody from Hong Kong. So talk to us about the the, different, the differences in the, the Asian culture and how it impacts dating and also the mindset overall in terms of how Asians, if you will, both men and women perceive dating. That's different from how Westerners are. My contention is that, you know, I'm a white guy. You know, the white women I would meet online or whatever, and we go out, everybody's dating everybody. They're dating five other guys. I'm dating three other women. And I didn't find that as prevalent when I started dating Asian women. And I think it was a cultural thing. Am I wrong?
1: Right. 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 Um, I mean, that's a great question. And you've definitely touched upon some of the differences, especially for dating in, as an Asian man. And, you know, this is also why pickup doesn't quite apply one-on-one to Asian men because a lot of my students, they come in and it's not like they want to sleep around. I mean, they want to have options, but a lot of them just want right. like girlfriend, like mm-hmm. a serious girlfriend, right? Um, yep. And so when they, they come in, they're not looking for like, I want to sleep with 100 girls, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a bit more seriousness to why they want to date and a lot of times being you know if they're raised here there is a perception that other women of non-asian you know race won't date them because they're asian right Mm -hmm. and so that is one of the things that i have to kind of break is like hey you have every right just you know to date whomever you want whether you want to date you know asian latina black white and it is part of the teaching where when you're dating more western women that there is a more i guess carefree attitude more sex positive let's put that sex positive attitude when it comes okay. to romance and you know you can't simply treat it as a like hey the first time you hold hands with a girl you're in a relationship i've known like mm-hmm. literally like mainland chinese guys that move here and they think that if they're holding hands with a girl they're in a relationship when, (laughs) like, that couldn't be farthest from the truth, right?
0: As as Um, if anybody holds hands.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's so common here, but it's not as common in, like, you know, back in the the Asian motherland. And so there are certain differences. And then when it comes to more specific Asian ethnicities, whether it's, like, Korean or, you know, Vietnamese, um, in general, like, if we're here in America, like everybody just treats us in the same sort of bucket of being Asian. Like very few people can really tell that I'm Vietnamese versus if I'm like Japanese or Korean. I mean, you know, the vast majority of women in America have never dated Asian, right? Mm-hmm. And right. so they pull upon their sort of like dating iCloud, if if you will. Like I approach right. them and they will and they'll just pull him like, okay, he's, he's short, he's Asian, and, you know, what do I know in the back of my mind about Asians? And they pull up on, like, Hollywood and the media and what their friends say, right, and what TV says and what their guy friends say. And, you know, I have to project a very sort of, like, overwhelming personality and confidence in order to right, get right. over any sort of stereotypes that may or may not exist in her dating history. Um, so you, and, so you yeah, have – go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go uh, ahead, Jessie. Um I mean I, there are some, you know, maybe subtle differences like within each particular like ethnicity of Korean, you know, Filipina, um, you know, Chinese, but here in America, I mean I I think it is uh generally safe to say that you know everybody treats us as like Asian, right? No one no one can really tell the difference. Like I can tell who's Japanese, who's Korean, who's Chinese, but that's because I was raised around Asians, but like an African American woman or Latina, they wouldn't know, right, just looking right. by looking at us.
0: Right, you know I, I actually haven't dated around I can, and now, and my wife is Korean, I can kind of tell who's who when I'm I'm out I can hear the language and I can say, oh that's Chinese, mm-hmm. these are Chinese and I was like, I, we were in Koreatown over the weekend and I was having lunch with my wife and son and these four very tall slender girls slid into the next booth and they were talking and I looked at them and I listened. And I'm like, they're not Korean. They're, that's Chinese. And sure enough, they were Chinese. So, uh, and having dated some Chinese women, I, I found the attitude different than the Korean women mm-hmm. and different than, and I got to tell you, Vietnamese women, I don't know why you'd w- even want to date anybody else. They're so beautiful, but uh, <laughs> uh, I've traveled all over Asia and uh, it's a, just wonderful people all over Asia. And it's, yeah, uh, yeah. I, you know, Americans are for the most part, you know, they're great people, but they're also, there's so many rednecks who really don't anything that's different. They immediately, you know, throw rocks at instead of embracing and then, then they get one over, but it's absurd. So now you have white guys with Asian women all the time. You have blacks and whites dating all the time, but probably one of the last frontiers that makes perfect sense is what you're doing is helping Asian guys date not just asian women but all different types of women i I don't know if a a lot of these women out there know how cool asian guys are and maybe they're seeing them the wrong way so what are they seeing what are they perceiving that's incorrect are they just looking you know physically or is it is it a whole what is it
1: well i mean like I, I mentioned previously, like people tend to draw, it's not just women, it's like everybody, but we tend to draw upon like our dating iCloud where we reference what is familiar Um, you know, when it comes to dating someone outside of a race. So we look at the Hollywood, we look at the media, we look at TV, we right. listen to what our friends say, right? And... When it comes to Asians, there are both like positive and negative stereotypes. Like positive stereotypes is like we're we're educated, we're financially stable, we're family oriented, we make good husbands, which are yeah, they're all good. But on the reverse side, all right, is that we're we're (laughs) small, we're we're weak, we're not sexually like adventurous, right, or we're effeminate, and and so. We, we make good, like, relationship material, but we don't make good, like, lovers, <laughs> right? At least that's, that's, that's what the stereotype yeah. it comes into play, so and that's what I'm trying so. to teach. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, but the thing is, like, the first step is having that attraction in the first place, right? And you've got to catch her eye, and so, you know, that's what I try to teach is, like, you know, uh, catching her eye and then delving into a deeper relationship if that's
0: what you choose, Okay. Let's talk about some like big, broad areas of dating in general, and then we can boil it down to put it through the uh, Asian guy filter. So let's start with what's, what do you feel? Cause you mentioned a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff about clubs and stuff on your, uh, on your website. And I always found, you know, I would meet women at clubs and all that, but I always found after a while, and this is when I knew I was getting too old, like, God, the music's really loud and I can't really talk in here. And then I started meeting women at the laundromat and at the bookstore and, you know, waiting in line to buy coffee or whatever. so what's what is what is your advice to guys in terms of what's the best place to meet women?
1: Well, just like in in anything, it always depends upon contact, right? How experienced is the person that is asking that question. If you're relatively inexperienced, I would say start out at night um, when you know that's why we do the boot camps the way they are where, we start with bars and clubs because you can practice socializing and not fear making mistakes, right? When you're young, mm-hmm. you're nervous, or you know, you've know you gone through a really long dry spell, or maybe you're a virgin, it, it can be really humiliating trying to go up to somebody in the middle of Starbucks when it's like noon, right? But at nighttime where the music is thumping, people are drinking, people are dancing, you can essentially practice your social skills. And if you flub it, if you kind of stumble over your words, or you get really nervous or flustered, it's okay. It's like a video game where like the mistakes they don't matter over the long
0: term. Right, you get I to hear forget you. Forget
1: about it the next day. And then, although for the guys who are more looking for like girlfriend material or relationship definitely during the day is a lot more productive because women, they're going to be like more real, right? They aren't going to be in that kind of club atmosphere. They're not going to be putting a lot of uh, like a makeup and a front of who they are and like trying to live some sort of like real, like high rolling lifestyle. They're just being real, you know, and if they're at Starbucks or Whole Foods, they're not going to try to present a different image. And so this is daytime is definitely a better opportunity for a guy to meet someone that is more relationship worthy.
0: Okay. Um, this whole, uh, me too, uh, every, you know, whenever I talk to dating coaches and, uh, and whenever I go on somebody's podcast or radio show, this whole issue comes up and I always say, well, you know, what you guys do, I say they have to listen and just, uh, write it out and be, you know, be their authentic self. Um, it can't get to the point where, uh, you have to say, excuse me, may I please kiss you? Because that, you know, there has to be some romance in romance, but Mm -hmm. how do you advise your guys to deal with uh, what's a very hot issue right now? And, you know, this is not a trendy thing. This is real. This is me too, where Mm -hmm. women are getting a chance to say, Hey, they're calling bullshit on what's been going on and they have every right. And, uh, you know, there's been, a lot of guys in power with money who you would think, wow, why do they have to behave the way they're being uh, accused of behaving to get with women? Like, you know, what is this like Hollywood star? He, you know, is like talks to a woman and then in the hotel lobby starts masturbating into a plant or something. I mean, it's ridiculous. A guy like that with power and money, they shouldn't have any problem getting dates yet. It seems like all of these broken people they're so abusive, and it's ruining it for the good guys out there. So how do you kind of uh, cover that issue with your clients, JT?
1: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, there, there's a reason why the Me Too movement exists. And like you were pointing out, these powerful, rich guys, that you would think they wouldn't need to do something like that, right? But the reality <laughs> is, like, they've replaced they replace their personality with power and they think they can get away with it, right? And this is very something that I'm aware of as a minority is just the power differential. Um, Mm -hmm. When you're a minority, you're discriminated against. I mean, I can't claim to completely understand all the aspects of being a woman, but I can, as they say in, in political terms, like check my privilege, right? I understand conceptually that I do not face the physical violence and threats or, you know, threats of rape, right. you know, that a woman mm-hmm. might, right? Sure. Um, so I can be aware of that. And the things I teach during boot camp, and it was actually, like, covered – I was in, like, Playboy magazine this this Valentine's, like, a couple months ago, and mm-hmm. the reporter observed, like, how I do what is called, like, compliance testing, right? Where Tell us about that. The idea is seeking a woman's compliance, which is essentially, like, consent. For example mm-hmm. – Let's say you want to go for a kiss because you feel that there's attraction and maybe you're holding her hand, right? But, you know, you're not quite sure she's ready, but you feel like there's some there's a sparks, right? And so what I, what I suggest is what we call the ABC kiss, where you point, okay. you know, you point to your cheek, like your left cheek, and say, give me a kiss. And, like, she chooses to kiss you on the cheek. And if she does that, then you say, all right, give me another kiss. And you point to your other cheek. And then if she chooses to kiss you, right, on that other cheek, Then you point to your lips and say, give me a kiss here. And and that way, every single step is a choice. Like you're leading and you're still directing her what you would like, but she is choosing to kiss you. She doesn't have to. You you know, you're just saying, kiss me, kiss me, kiss me. And if she likes you, she will. And if she's not ready to consent, then obviously she won't. And you haven't violated any sort of like consensual like principles.
0: No, I totally hear you. It is a sad state of state of affairs. So if you're like a, a good guy or a guy's guy that you have to go through all of that to, to get a kiss, you know, uh, instead of just uh, holding her hands and leaning in and if she kisses back, she kisses back. And if she doesn't, he doesn't, it doesn't mean you lean in you start wagging your tongue at her. It's like, it just seems so unromantic that we have to, that guys have to do that now. But I guess, you know, you just have to, men have to suck it up right now. And, uh, how to, how to, so that's one challenge that guys have another universal challenge, regardless of your ethnicity is, um, uh, guys have to, um, I'm losing my train of thought. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to skip to the next question because it'll come back to me. Sorry. Sure. Okay. What are, uh, what are some of the key factors that are preventing guys for succeeding with women?
1: Um, well, I previously mentioned how our limiting beliefs um, are like the one of the number one obstacles that we have because you know as Sanzu said like the battle is lost or won before it's even fought if you're already shooting yourself in the foot before you even talk to her then 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 it's just it makes everything much harder. but let's say your mind is in the right place, okay The next obstacle I see is the the projecting your sort of like sexual masculine identity, right? A lot of guys, they, you know, they might wear what they wore in high school or college, right? They had just have khaki pants and a polo shirt. Like, you want to project, like, this is who I am, whether that's, like, you're, like, a musical rocker guy or a bad boy or a goth or, you know, for some Asians, they do kind of, like, the, the anime K-pop look or the suited-up look. Like, you want to have, like, high sexual market value to so that. When you're talking to a girl, she understands that mm-hmm. not only are you hopefully this interesting, attractive man that she's talking to, but, like, you are projecting some sort of sexual property where, you're like, okay, he's hot. He's, like, someone I could, you know, imagine being lovers with, right? And so you don't want to be generic, right? If you, if if you reject generic, you're going to get generic results. Like, be unique own what your sexual identity is and project that.
0: I love it. Um, okay. I remembered what I was going to say before I started babbling and went off in the in a different direction. The, the definition is kind of just about what you were just talking about, JT. It's about, you know, nowadays the other challenge guys have is women are on this kind of straight shot. They're getting uh, the long overdue recognition now. They're just starting to get it. They're, you know, fighting to get equal pay, which they deserve. And um, in the meantime, guys, today's guys are at a kind of a, you know, Who are they? It's never been a time, a better time to be a man. And it's never been a better time for men to be whoever they want to be. Yet it's never also been a time where it's less clear who men are. You know, you take millennial guys. They're kind of caught between the MMA and manscaping. They're not sure who they should be. You have boomer guys and Gen X guys. They're like, this is my paycheck. This is my job title. That's who I am. And they're now and I know a lot of boomer guys, they're like seeking now. They're like, I'm going to put it in quotes, like spiritually seeking, like what else is there? Is there more? Not all of them can afford to like, just say, okay, I'm going to go to Peru to a, uh, some type of uh you know, retreat there for a week and do spiritual work. But people are looking, guys are looking for like meaning and discovery of their true self. Talk to us about how you deal with that issue uh that men have this identity crisis whereas women are more are it's becoming more clear who they are and for men it's becoming less clear who they are and all the more important that men have to kind of grab the bull by the horns and say hey this is who i am each guy right individually right
1: uh i think that's that's a great question um because we're all seeking our own identity i mean i don't think like for women it's completely clear for them because they're 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 struggling on in their own way um, but we are definitely in a time in this day and age of flux where a lot of our identity is changing part of that is just um, the po- political landscape but it's like technology too and you know i i say that we as men and women too we're we're, we're finding equilibrium between our intrinsic value and our extrinsic value, right? For a lot of guys, especially the Asian guys, we've objectified ourselves about our extrinsic value that I only have worth uh, based off of how much money I make or how rich I am, what car I drive, what kind of big house do I have. It's extrinsic value. Well, for women, it's their intrinsic value about their body and their beauty. And now we as men, we're trying to find equilibrium between those two where we don't objectify ourselves, but at mm-hmm. the same time, we're trying to find value about who we are. What do I bring to the table? Not because I make X amount of money, but because I bring value as a human being, my personality, who I am. And you know, for my Asian clientele, I tell them to remember and be proud of being Asian American, and be proud of being American, but also being proud of the history and the culture and the race that you come from, whether it's Japanese or Korean or Vietnamese, because sometimes what happens is for us Asian Americans, when we're born here, like I was raised in the South, I was raised in Texas. Right. And I got Mm -hmm. called like, like all types of like, you know, like gook, chink, all that slanty eyes. And for, for a while, there are times where I really just, You know, it it sucked being Asian, and then over time I realized that I can be successful because I'm Asian and not in spite of it. And so if, Mm -hmm. you know, you can look back at your culture, you can look back at your history, look back at your family, and get part of your identity from that. That helps a lot. Um, Got it. And another thing I I really recommend to guys is there's a difference between being happy and being fulfilled. Like happy – is that ephemeral momentary feeling of, of joy, or right? You know, you've got a girl or whatever, but fulfillment is something that's more permanent. It's internal validation and motivation and based off of like an achievement or, or what you do in society of, you know, whether you're doing charity work or philanthropy, you know, that is more fulfilling because it's more permanent. You're living a legacy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's like, you know, it, On one hand, we want to better ourselves as human beings, as men, so that we can find ourselves. But also, on the other hand, you know, no man is an island. We live in a community, and it's important for us to help our own respective community wherever that may be and seek our identity there as well.
0: Okay. Uh, another general question for you, JT, uh, that I'm sure all your clients, uh, wrestle with, and that is, you know, how to manage uh, tech tech is your best friend and your worst enemy <laughs> when it comes to dating, because it can make men very lazy. And, it, and, and mm-hmm. really the ultimate connection occurs when you're face to face until you get face to face, you're just, you know, mm-hmm. typing back and forth. And, uh, and women don't want to just hang out. They want you to come up with a game plan based on things that they've said and have a plan and take them out on a date after maybe you meet for coffee you meet for a drink or something and you wrap it up and then you decide you want to go out on a real date. Guys, got to make us to move on that and come up with a plan. But um, tech can be a, can make that happen really quickly or it can slow things down. You start writing these long texts back and forth or even emails or whatever, and you never get a chance to meet. And then, but you can meet if you go online or you're on an app, you can meet so many women that you never would have met if you didn't have the technology and that you can sit at home in your tidy whities and be texting all night long. And whereas you could be, you know, meeting them face to face in the laundromat uh, if you get your butt out there. So how do you how do you train your guys to make track, tech their friend and not their downfall?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question, and especially with Asian-Americans. We are so, like, wired into technology and our <laughs> cell phone, <laughs> right? As Asian-Americans, like, we're, we're, like, the highest group. Like, we're, we're absolutely <laughs> slaves it's to so it. so funny. Um, I'm sorry. But here's, here's the thing. Like, online dating is actually the absolute worst for Asians. Um, they've done multiple, multiple studies about this where, like, I as an Asian guy, I have to make $247,000 more than a white male in order to get the same response rate, right? That's a Bentley. Right. Like, my profile picture has to be a Bentley. So right. um, I tell the guys, like, don't do online dating. I mean, I have an ebook on it because we, we practice and we test it, and we sent out, like, 1,200, like, practice emails just to figure out a, a system, and, and we did. But it is it is more difficult. So, first of all, I like I realistically tell my guys, like, tech in many ways is not going to be your friend, right? You can make it, it, you can make the logistics easier, but don't let it become a handicap because in many respects, it's easier for people to be racist online than it is to be in person. Right. Mm-hmm. I use just like phone, That's true. You know, texting and all that um, as a way of, twofold. One is like making plans, the logistics, like, you know, hey, is your, what's your schedule look like? Are you free this weekend? And then like keeping, you know, the, the, the girl, the date or the girlfriends in like kind of a holding pattern where if I can't meet with them, I just like maintain an easy, fun presence. Like I'll use mm-hmm. memes a lot where, mm-hmm. you know, that way you don't have to text a lot. You just send right. them a funny meme and say, hey, thinking of you. Send them a puppy or a cat meme and say, hey, I yep. saw this and I, was, I thought of you, right? Mm-hmm. Um but otherwise, I, I definitely don't recommend um, spending too much time um, on, on like, just messaging. Uh, obviously, the younger the woman is, the more used you sh- you know, to messaging. Um, so, right. like, it, r- realistically, you can't get rid of texting because everybody expects you to text, you know, text first. But once you get the number, once you, you know, have set up the date, don't spend like just idly just texting and texting and texting, right? You want that one-on-one connection in real life.
0: Got it. Um, You uh, have a lot of bullet points where you you have topics that you teach and your, uh, your boot camps. Um, I'm curious about some of them. Um, Female. i got two questions for you. Let me ask you that one first. Mm -hmm. Flirting female behavior and IOIs. Right.
1: with well, the 101s, uh, one on 101s. Uh, one on no, abbreviations, IOIs are. Uh, indicators okay. of interest. All right. 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 Talk to us um, about that. Yeah. Well, and one of the unique things I I like to think about my program is I like to include women in it. So I'll have like female trainers and wing women, because it's easier for the students to practice with the women, right? And the women like my wing girls can tell them the unvarnished truth, right, because they're giving it from a female, like, point of view that is not coated with just white little lies. And Mm -hmm. so when you can involve, when you have, like, that estrogen in the room, it's a lot easier to show, like, this is what female flirting behavior looks like. These are sort of the indicators that she might give off to, you know, seem like she's into you. Or, you know, if she's, if she's like, doing this or doing that, like, this is what you should keep your eye on, right? Like what? And Tell us a couple a, of
0: those for the for the listeners. Just a couple. Well,
1: sure, sure. I mean... And I don't, it, I don't it want it you to give away right
0: the gold, but, you know, <laughs> we're on radio. Well, here. it
1: all harkens... Yeah, it all harkens back to what I call, like, the compliance, where you can't always necessarily trust the signals, but if you think she's giving you signals... Ask her to do something, whether that's to move over, to screw it over, to sit in your lap. Because her doing something for you, like sitting in your lap, is going Mm -hmm. to mean a lot more than just her playing with her hair. Right, right, right. right. I mean, it's like some girls naturally do that. Some girls will, like, touch you on the arm. But if you get, like, hey, you know, you're sitting down. It's a little bit crowded. It's just, hey, sit on the the best seat in the house, right? And Mm -hmm. if she sits in your lap, that means, like, she actually really likes you. And she's confirming her flirting behavior instead of you assuming right that she likes you right so that's what i like to do is like confirm okay. her female flirting behavior by doing something where she she passes a compliance
0: test got it um what uh, the other thing i was going to ask you is do you find and this is just curiosity do you find that your uh your students your clients that um they let's say it's an asian guy I don't know where he's from. Does he, you know, I'm I'm, I'm being real general. Does he want to? Does he come to you to learn how to date other women in general, other Asian women in general, or does he want to go for a specific ethnicity that's different, or like I gotta have the blonde cheerleader? What's what? What do you and how, that that must be a challenge with you, but you have to qualify all these clients, I guess, right? What do these guys really want? Each one, right?
1: Sure, sure. I mean, I I know there's this sort of, like, gaslighting myth that Asian guys are all about, like, white girls, Um, but if you look at the statistics, like, 20% of Asian men, Asian American men, like, out marry, and we're, like, the lowest of any group if you compare us to, like, African American, Caucasian, and Mm -hmm. so the majority of Asian guys, they want to date. It's typically someone of their cultural background, right, Asian, but... They feel held back because, you know, their culture or family, uh, the media says, like, Asian guys should only ever date Asian women, right? Mm -hmm. And so they feel limited when, like, everyone else doesn't really have that limitation. Like, Asian women, like you said yourself, you're married to an Asian woman. Like, Asian women, like, they can't help but what type of guy approaches them, whether he's Asian or white or black or Hispanic,
0: Right. Or or everybody.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. She has the option of accepting a date from any guy, regardless of race. But an Asian guy has to make that effort. And so there is this feeling that they are their options are limited. And that's, you know, hugely unfair. And so, you know, a lot of them, they want to, you know, date and marry Asians but really it all boils down to having options and not feeling limited because of her race that we are only going to date Asian because that's what society tells us to. And yeah, Got sure. It. There is you know, a smaller subset that only want like the tall blonde white girls. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. You, you know, you want to date whomever you want to date. I'm just here to give them the skill set to feel Got free it. and unhindered and having the practical skills to actually approach because, who knows okay. where the mother, future mother or their child could be, right? Whole Foods,
0: yep. at the mall, mm-hmm.
1: a nightclub, white, black. I've had students that have married the entire spectrum. So mm-hmm. I'm just there to like cool. help them, give them the skills, and then they make the decision.
0: Okay. Uh, two, two two final questions for you, JT, and then I want to give let you have a minute or two. You could tell everybody about your course, where they can find you and all of that kind of stuff. But what was your, did you have like a an aha moment or like a, something that some type of epiphany that happened to you while you were going through your own learning or, or even when you were, have been teaching that you said, wow, I didn't know that. That's something like I just picked up and it was like, I never thought that. And it's actually true. That type of thing. Did you have one of those moments?
1: Yeah, like an epiphany, a paradigm shift, for sure. Yeah, Like, you know, when when I first started studying, like, pickup applied psychology, um, i had heard about it. I'd read this article by Neil Strauss, and mm-hmm. I went right. to a program with, with Mystery, like the original pickup artist. And yep. it was a revelation. For the longest time, I thought, like, hey, I was doomed to, you know, get whatever kind of results. Because that's kind of that prevailing thought is you either have it or you don't. Right, mm-hmm. and obviously I didn't. Right, and to see these guys, like, to actually be able to approach on demand, on command, and mm-hmm. create attraction out of nothing, it was absolutely eye opening. Like, oh my god, this is actual ability. This is like a superpower, right? Mm-hmm. And I am not doomed to exist as this perpetual like short, you know, loser. Um, <laughs> but the other I, I thing, epiphany. <laughs> The other biggest epiphany that followed this though, and this is where I said originally how a lot of the classic pickup strategies fail for Asian men is a lot of that depended upon like verbal attraction, verbal ability. Right. And like I said, like, you know, a lot of Asian guys don't speak English as their first language, even though I am, you know, was born here in America. The one thing I learned after a while is there was a limitation of just what I could do with words. And then, I started Mm -hmm. experimenting with more direct style game, being more dominant, being more assertive, being more sexual, being more leading. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was another huge breakthrough um, where I could talk, but I wasn't being very sexual and women weren't thinking me as a sexual guy. They were just thinking I was Mm -hmm. like a fun little Asian guy. And then when I became more dominant and more sexualized, then women started finding me sexually attractive. So, those two like epiphanies cool. really shifted things for me.
0: Great. Um, okay, last question for you, and then uh, just take it from your answer right into you can talk about your your work and your website and what you have to offer. But what would, what would be the one, one piece of advice that you would give guys now to help them uh, kind of get their game together?
1: To all my brothers out there that are listening, I say just overwhelm with personality, confidence, and charm. I mean, you got to go big or go home, especially if you're a right. short, little Asian guy like me, you know, you cannot hide your personality, like remove the filter, like be authentic and remove the filter from your heart and your mind. Because there are so many times we want to say something, but we filter it. Right. And you think you're being polite and nice, but in reality, that's just being dishonest. That's be- that's lying. Right. So remove that filter. And express who you are inside so that she knows who you are and you're not actually hiding under the guise of politeness. So that's my cool. biggest you know, tip for the guys.
0: Okay, cool. Tell us and, where uh, our listeners can find you.
1: Yeah, um, they can find me at abcofattraction.com. Um, we have been teaching for over 10 years all over the world. I've taught at Harvard, Yale, Orton School of Business, Rutgers, Northeastern. You know, we've displayed what we can do on, like, you know, major television networks from Nightline, ABC, Mm -hmm. Fox. And, yeah, you know, proof is in the pudding. Like, over the past two years, we have not had a single client ask for a refund. We've achieved complete 100%, you know, customer satisfaction. So, if they're interested in a weekend boot camp or any of our program, we are, again, at abcofattraction.com.
0: Fantastic. Well, listen, JT, I'm, first of all, thank you for being so flexible and for, you know, jumping on the opportunity. I had a feeling you would, because that's the type of guy you are. I have a lot of respect for what you're doing. I'm I'm glad you clarified the whole thing about pickup and pickup artists and all of that, because you really, you're, you're a man's man. You're a guy's guy, JT, and keep doing the good <laughs> work. And thank you so much for being on the show. Maybe we'll do it again sometime. Uh, thank you so much, Robert. I appreciate it. All right. Be well. Okay, folks, we're going to take a quick break. That was our special guest, J.T. Tran, ABCs of Attraction. We're going to take a very quick break, and then I'll come back and do our Guys Guys Guide of the Week, and then we'll wrap. Okay, we're back. Uh, What I like to do is uh, a Guys Guys Guide every week, once a week, and this is usually based on one of my blog posts. So I tackle a, a topic that I write about, and that's relevant for myself and also for our listeners. And uh this week it's uh it's relevant because it's about kind of what we've been talking about, but it's about getting married. So many people are in a hurry to get married and they, they don't they don't really realize why. So I'm gonna talk about um ten things that you need to if you're a guy you need to ask yourself before you get married. And I'll just do a little drum roll and then we'll get right to them and I'll blow by them real fast. One, am I truly ready to get married? You have to ask yourself that question. You have to realize that all of the the, those years ahead of you, all the things you have to look forward to, all the challenges. Uh, what's my wife going to be like in 30 years? What am I going to be like in 30 years? Is this the time for me? Am I ready to just like, you know, lasso my uh, my horse to the corral and say, I'm going to go inside into that uh, saloon and I'm going to, that's where I'm going to be. And that's it. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> can you do that? Can you just say, this is it for me? It's important. And if you're not ready and if there's any hesitancy, don't do it. That would be my advice. And for any of these, if the answer is no, you probably shouldn't be, you probably should be rethinking or thinking very carefully. What kind of future will I have with this woman? You got to think not one year out. You got to think 10, 20, 30 years out. What's your, what's that life going to be like together? Then you got to ask yourself the biggie. Am I going to be content not having sex with anybody else for the next Who knows how many years? If the answer is I'm just still a horn dog and I'm not ready to settle down, then amigo, you're not ready to get married. So that's another question you've got to ask yourself. Uh, Thinking of your lady, what are her expectations? You know, you can ask, you can think about like what's in it for for you. Uh, You have to ask yourself, what is she expecting of me? What is she expecting of me? And then also what's in it for her? And think long and hard about that because you need to deliver or she's going to say, this is not what I signed up for the same way you could do that. Kids. Do you want to have kids? Does she want to have kids? Are you on the same page there? She might want a big family or no family. If you want to have kids and I know guys, they've gotten, uh, they've been with the same woman. She doesn't want to have kids. They want to have a kid. It's a problem. Her family and your family, you know, You're going to spend time with the other person's family. If you just cringe when you're around them, that's not a good sign because they're going to be somehow involved. You'll have to deal with them. It might be in in small doses, but still you're going to have to deal with them. And same thing from her. Does she get along with your family? Does your family approve of her? Blah, blah, blah. It's all going to be another factor. Does she make you laugh? If she doesn't make you laugh, that's not a good thing. You want to have somebody you can have fun with, and you should make her laugh, hopefully, and she should make you laugh. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's like with your friends you you know the dudes you hang out with usually you have some fun together, so you make each other laugh with your woman. It should be the same thing. Does she fight fair? I like this one. you know it's like Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. they're like an old married couple. they slug it out all the time and I don't know if they always fight fair because sometimes they slag each other in the press, but ultimately they come together and they make great music. And I think couples need to, you know, be able to uh, bury the hatchet and uh, make beautiful music together, even after they argue. Um, Do you share the same values? And uh, that includes uh, how you view money. That's our number 10. So values isn't necessarily money, but it's how you view your fellow man, how you treat people. Uh, are you on the same page with that? And that's important because two people who have different values, that's going to be a big factor in whether you get along or not long-term and values again, isn't money. It's about how you perceive the world, how you perceive your consciousness, the path you're on. I was in a long-term relationship. I got into Reiki. I got into hypnosis. My partner wasn't into that. She did not judge me or anything, but I felt us growing apart as she went a more business route. And I started, transcending business to more self-discovery route. And, uh, you know, you could say it's an issue. You could say it's not an issue. I think it was because, uh, um, we valued other people the same, but we started to value different parts of life differently. So, uh, it's important. And also how you view money. If one person is totally addicted to money or they just are a spendaholic and the other person doesn't, uh, doesn't spend a lot of money and doesn't really think a lot of money I mean, obviously, anybody in America is going to have, have some type of importance. It's been beaten into us. The fear of lack has been beaten into us. So, But some people are obsessed with money and some people aren't. Some people know how to save. Some people know how to spend. you got to get on a page that works for you. I'm not going to say the page is going to be exactly the same, but uh, you better, you know, because you might have some joint accounts. You might, you know... <laughs> the money's going to come in to, f- as a factor at some point believe me it always does follow the money amigo so anyhow those are 10 questions to kind of ask yourself before you get married and you know if you can get uh if you go 10 for 10 i'd say go for it if there's some questions there I, there'll probably be some questions on some of those along the way and then you got to figure out can i can these be resolved and hopefully they can be and uh you know what when i met the right person not my key was that I have room in my heart for somebody else. And once I knew I did make room in my heart for somebody else, then I met the right person. It was as simple as that. Um, and I'm happily married after eight years and we have a beautiful son and, uh, I got all my dating in. And uh, do I miss it sometimes? Let's put it this way. I don't, I don't think about it. I'm, I'm I'm a family guy now and, uh, it's fun. And as a whole, it, 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 uh, there's a whole new dimension when you start, when you have a kid and I have a boy and you know, bonding with him and I took him to his first baseball game, uh, little league t-ball this past weekend. And I was remembering when I first had my first game and all of that. So it's pretty cool stuff and it opens up a whole different part of it. And it actually, uh, it's a great thing for uh, any guy to go through the whole uh, idea of marriage and a family. It's something I hadn't really considered, frankly, and then it happened. And here I am, and I'm learning along the way. My son's teaching me and my wife's teaching me. So anyhow, that's our show for this evening. I We may be back this Sunday, and if not, we're going to be back next Wednesday for sure. And I'm jug- doing some juggling with guests because I have such a demand for guests now that uh, making every effort to keep everybody satisfied. Thankfully, JT was so nice to uh, come in. Somebody couldn't make it tonight, and he at short notice came in. I think he did a wonderful job, and he's doing great work. So anyhow, thank you, JT. Thank you, audience. And uh, just thanks for being there with uh, the whole Guys, Guy movement and supporting me, Guys, Guys Radio. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on TuneIn. We're on Blog Talk Radio. Check us out. Rate us. Review us. And remember... Guys, guys, finish first.